It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Twin Peaks on a Monday night. Welcome in Reno. ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company, Nevada Sports Talk Hour. Willie Ramirez is here. So are the ladies. So are the cheap beers. So are the inexpensive appetizers and Eagles football against the Commanders coming up. 11-point spread for Monday Night Football. The total is 43-and-a-half. A lot of recap of what's going on with the Raiders right now. It's a friggin' mess. we got guys crying after the game. We'll get to that inside of five minutes. I was giving you a weird look during the break, and you are like, what, what the hell's going on yeah, here? Yeah, you were checking me out. Well, I was checking you out. You know what I was looking at? I was looking at your goatee because, um, and it's, uh, it's very dark. There's almost no gray in there, and you're an old man. You're older than me. Um, but you had made a comment a few weeks ago, basically without saying it. You said your beard looks like crap. Um, I color it. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Okay. I, I got no you problem. do it yourself? I do because I use Do you worry about the – well, you see, here's you know, the thing. You don't have to worry about the color because all you finish. got is eyebrows. You let me finish. What do you do with the color? There's a reason why I do it. It has nothing to do with Your vein. not wanting to be gr- – no, I'm not. See – if, don't get all Derek Carr on me. Don't get emotional. No, I'm yeah. not. I'm just busting your chops. Why do you I, color it? I don't like. Okay, if I if I just don't touch it, right? It'll be if all I don't touch it. It'll the, nineteen colors. Yes, yeah. I, I hate like it. Me. I your mine's worse. Oh really? Like, the mustache part will be light brown. The, there'll be dark brown going throughout. There's gray. I don't need nickel and dime and penny loose change beer goatee. I don't okay. like a, right. I don't like loose change goatee. All right. So we're, I, we're having a talk here, folks. Motivational talk again. So I like this. I would rather just have it all one. Now, once it all go, once it's one hundred percent gray, I'm good. Mm, okay. I'm one hundred percent fine with it. I don't like it. Looks it looks horrible. It looks bad. Even if I were to trim it, get it, and it looks even worse if I trim it. Then it looks like then it looks like a Dalmatian. So, yeah, there. By the way, Ari, there is a way to cut me starting. Mentioning my beard, and then it's horrible. It looks like a Dalmate. We can all crunch that together. I think that's going to work really well. Um, I'm going to have to look into this because, you know, I'm doing a lot. I'm on TV a lot now. <laughs> that was a joke. But I, I tell you, I looked over uh, during some of these uh, these UNLV games that I'm doing on uh, Silver, State, uh, Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network. I looked over at the camera at the uh, like the, the shot. We're on yeah, for whatever, like what 10 seconds. About. It's yeah. called the monitor. I looked at the monitor. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God, that does look horrific. So I think I'm going to go black. What do you think about a black beard? I just do black one. beard, brown hair, gray on the sides. I think it'll work well. What's your natural color? Go natural. I don't. That's the thing. I don't know anymore. It's a red mustache. It's like gray, white. I you, put I put Santa beard, white spray all over my face for Halloween. And one of my friends was like, oh, you let it go natural. I'm like, No. Like it's not all white. If you if you were to spray it with with like the the snow, whatever, yeah, you would yeah. kind of look like a. Which which movie was it when Tim Allen he 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 accidentally turned into Santa slowly? Santa Claus. Yeah, that would Is that be, the one. Yeah. Oh, it did. I'll show you. I'll show you a picture. It looked real natural. I actually probably should go that direction. I should just go full Bobby Cremens, and then people would be like, "Wow, he looks kind of young for a guy who's all white hair." Roots are growing out a little bit. You're checking yourself out. <laughs> now you made me Wait, do you have a beard person or not? You do it yourself? Yeah. I'm not going to pay and do all that. I just get the Just for Men and just p- p- paint it in. Well, I know Ari's done it for years. He's he's super gray and he's right. still like all black hair and he's close serious? to 50. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four. 
number four. No, I was not serious. I have no idea if he colors his hair and he's not close to 50, but, you know, we do these things. Like you said earlier, you twist words. Yeah, but it's different with Ari. Okay. Is snapping a nine-game win streak a good thing? Bailing out of a nine-game win streak a good thing for the Knights? I, I would prefer more wins. They lost to the Blues, who are not real good. They kicked booty on the road, and they came back, and a little chill, a little too chill for this game? The Blues are good. They are good. They just they endured an eight-game skid. They're, they were four they and eight broke. coming in, but they're good. Yes. They're fine. I mean, they started off the season sluggish. They broke their losing streak. They caught the Golden Knights at the right time coming off of a long road trip. I believe it was 11 days. And we have been told year after year by hockey teams that when you either, doesn't matter, east or west coast, you come off of a long road trip, it takes the second game. And I said this, right? I said this, I wrote this, that it's always, they've always said it's the second game. Sure enough, Bruce Cassidy said it in the post-game press conference. You come off this road trip, you've won, you've battled. Think about the way that they won those games on the road. They battled. Now you come home, you exhale, and what are you doing on your off day? I'm not going to get too graphic, but there's a lot of married men on this team. Not to mention family men. So you're spending time with the wife, the girlfriend, the fiancé. You're playing with your kids. You're relaxing. You're exhaling. You're, you also sort of lose focus. When you're on the road, what are you doing? You're getting up. You're going to the rink. You're hanging out with the boys. You're back at the hotel. You're chilling. You're FaceTiming the family. You're back off. But your focus is on work. When you get home after an 11-day road trip, you kind of let your guard down. You relax a little bit. The chip gets off the shoulder. Now you look up, and it's only been one day off. And guess what? you got to play. Once, once they get back to winning ways, they get a little streak going here. Can you please do a feature for the AP on, like, Honeydew Friday? Like, was Friday Honeydew Day? And that took them down. I'd love to know what the guys do. They may have decorated the house. What do I have to do? All right. Yeah, they may have decorated the house. They may have to put the lights up. You do get it, though. You do get it. When you're in a relationship and you're gone for a while, there is going to be that walking back in the house, and it's like, "Uh uh-oh, what did I miss? What do I have to do? My Honeydew Friday. And that's something I don't miss. (laughs) (laughs) Big smile to your face. Big Uh, smile. I, I don't know what the line is, by the way, tomorrow, but I would say this. Highly consider checking out the Golden Knights for tomorrow's uh, tomorrow's game against number three. Jeff Saturday after the victory, one and zero head coach. Colts pull the upset on the Raiders. Who'd have thunk it? Jeff Saturday. I knew Matt Ryan gave us the best chance to win. That guy's got instincts. He's a he's a coach. He's a player's coach. He knows he knows what he's okay. He's a, he's an NFL analyst. He was paying attention. He did tweet about, out. He did tweet out last Sunday that the Raiders was, looked horrible. No, two Sundays. Two Sundays against yeah, the Saints. Two, oh, two Sundays ago. You're right. Two Sundays ago. Twenty-four yep, nothing. Raiders look horrible. Well, he did a good. He did it. He did his very best to coach the Colts into proving that he was correct. An ESPN studio analyst came out of. Not retirement. He just came out. Came out of the studio <laughs> and coached an NFL team to a win. The Raiders, who are now 2-7. and seven. And apparently he had a really horrible high school coaching record. Is that right? That not that the cherry on top? 
My lord. I hope. How many years did he coach in high school? I think just one. Wouldn't it be epic? He's like one in ten coach, minus 38 point per game differential. Heavily penalized team. Never picked the right quarterback, and now he's getting it right. Now he got Matt Ryan over uh, Ellinger. What a nightmare. Is it, I mean, what the the fumble that wasn't recovered, that was horrendous. Less than eight minutes left in the game, but, boy, the, the egg on the face play, and there were many of them for the Raiders. Old man Matty Ice, who's uh, just about all melted away. Just sprinting down the field. He's been to a Super Bowl. Justin Fields, too. There he is. There's Steve Young, reincarnate. Look at that guy, Randall Cunningham, going down the field, 39 yards. No one can catch him. Who gets the... Who, he almost went all the way! That's how bad it was. Who gets the better credit to, for yesterday? Because Saturday's getting the headlines, obviously, because of the storyline. But what about Parks Frazier? He called the plays. You know, we should have mentioned Parks Frazier. We mocked on him last week, had never called plays before, and he got the job done, and the offense piled up 415 yards of offense for the Colts against the Raiders. Number two. Now, even worse, listen to Jim Irsay here talk about what worked and why it worked with Jeff Saturday. Here's Coach Irsay. Everything that's been done has been done to win. You know, that's it's very simple. Nothing's been done for any reason except what's the best for the franchise. And the same thing with Matt starting today. You know, he felt really healthy. Um, you're on, on the road in a tough place. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, he's still got plenty when you protect him and run the ball like we did. Um, you know, we saw what we're capable of doing, and we really felt if we could get the protections right. And they got it right. They got it right. And Ursay answering essentially all the claims last week that this was such a ridiculous, stupid move with Jeff Saturday that they were tanking. So he came at you. He won the game. Said, yeah, we're not tanking. This is the worst part. Listen to what they did on offense. And we really simplified things this week. You know, when you're not executing, you practice to execute. When you're still struggling, you simplify. And, and that's what we had to do. We took a lot of stuff out of the playbook and, and made sure guys were ready to play hard and, and ready. And that simplification led to, to better execution. So Parks Frazier came in at the behest of Saturday and the owner, Jim Irsay, and they simplified things. And the Raiders defense couldn't handle the Simplification. Awesome. A couple of weeks ago, now injured reserve list tight end Darren Waller was quoted in saying that it's a very complex system that was implemented. They're still learning it. By Josh McDaniels, that they were having trouble. There were a lot of players on the offense 10 weeks in. Still trying to get it. Yeah. Well, this was a few weeks ago, but nevertheless, four preseason games, one more than most outside of Jacksonville. Um, yeah, trying to learn this system that from an offensive guru who has six Super Bowls. You're, you're so annoyed because you called this very early in the season too about the buck stopping there and adjustments. And it's just that, that one, that's a punch right in the freaking nuts when you hear the owner of the Colts talking about the Colts just – Went back to the drawing board. Let's simplify it to beat this Raiders defense. Top story. Number one. Well, Devontae Adams is mad. He's questioning Raiders' commitment after the loss. And Derek Carr came in yesterday, super emotional, was on the verge of tears. Lots of sniffles. 
I love Josh. I love the car. I love our coaches. Um, they've had nothing but success, you know, way more success than I've ever had, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Derek, um, you know, I'm, sorry. to finish that, sorry for being emotional. You've taken up for him the whole show. Let me give you some some listener comments. But first, give me a car three. This is the end of his emotional time in front of the media. And for that to be the result of all that effort, pisses me off. Pisses a lot of guys off. It's hard knowing what <clears throat> some guys are doing. Like I said, just to practice. But they're putting in their body just to sleep at night. Like, just so we could be there for each other. And I wish everybody in that room felt the same way about this place. And as a leader, that pisses me off. Tyron on Twitter said, Derek Carr, we don't want to hear that crying, sir. Save that for your wife and kids. Football guy on Twitter said, he's crying because of what they put their bodies through. You don't have to do it! On a week when we celebrate veterans who really sacrifice Derek Carr, Seems pathetic. Wow, that's harsh. Real harsh. We'll build on this on the way back. Rough weekend for the Raiders. Derek Carr emotional in front of the media throng. It's the Battleborn Sports Hour right here on ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers 766-1400. It's Cofield and Company live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. So, rough times right now for the Raiders, 2-7, and seven, way below expectations. Hell, they made the playoffs a year ago. You bring in Devontae Adams, new coach, new GM. Onward and upward, right? They, that's where they expected to be. So, it's been tough, and you can tell it's freaking weighing on Derek Carr. Willie, I know you're heavily into mental health. So, you know, I've been – I don't think I've been laying into Carr, but we're definitely going to play the sound and kind of the feel of what's going on right now with Derek Carr breaking down after a game, and I know you have been a little hesitant to, to jump in, and there's a reason why. Well, you you don't want to – there because you don't know what somebody's going through. To, to, exactly. to, to have a nine-year veteran, a guy who, you know, he's had one playoff game under his belt. He missed the first chance he could play. I mean, and he said it yesterday, nine years, and it built up. And I have come to learn the phrase cerebral health, not necessarily mental. Your mental health is how you battle the what issues you go through, right? Because cerebral is where you can't control those emotions when they finally just release, whether it's depression or suicidal thoughts or what it may be. And you and you fight it off or you, you toughen yourself up with mental health. And so um, one of the projects, one of my favorite projects every single year that myself and a local coach and, and educator in the Clark County School District System um, we do is upon us again. I'll be doing it tomorrow at Liberty High School. And we welcome to the show Liberty High School girls basketball coach, Billy Hamburger. Billy, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? We caught you just off the court because um, you concluded tryouts. You had, what, day one was Saturday, I believe, and today you finished up. How's that Liberty Patriots girls basketball program looking? You know, things are looking really good. Uh, we're really excited that the season is here. Uh, intramurals felt like it was it was a long time, um, but season is here. We got a game. Our first game's on the 29th of this month, and uh, it's, it's preparation time, so we're excited. All right, we're going to get into that in just a moment. We're going to get into uh, your former place of 
coaching residence, if you will, Spring Valley High School, because Essence Booker, UNLV Lady Rebel, played for you before uh, she went to Nevada and then transferred to Ball State and then came home to play at UNLV. But uh, I want to start with what I what I opened up with. You brought your sports leadership class from um, Spring Valley. You're now doing it at Liberty High School. And you and I got together – I can't believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is year six. The first two years, we did a hashtag project where we had all the kids describe themselves as a hashtag, and they submitted who, what they would be as a hashtag, their name, what class they were, and what sport they played. And I wrote an article without knowing them and then brought in. We talked about creativity and writing, and, and this lent, lent sort of blended in high school topics. The last few years, outside of the pandemic, we did a baggage project. They anonymously write one-page essays on the baggage they're carrying around as teenagers. I read them, and I take a couple of samples from one class, read it to another class, and then and vice versa. And, man, the some of the kids from six, five, six years ago... They're now in their twenties. I'm still friends with to this day on social media, and they, you know, they reach out and or some have asked questions. And I usually get a, a plethora of questions. How have you seen the the project you and I have sort of brainstormed to come together? We we, we got it from another teacher, but um, and you deal with kids every single day. Mental health, big issue. Yeah, um, I think you know we, we we spoke about this that we've we've developed it to where now the the prep work that we do or that I do in the classroom prior to you coming there, um, the, it, it's crazy what you know everybody's going through, but what these kids are going through, and you know we briefly spoke about the fact that some kids you know the the biggest struggle sometimes is just the pressure of dealing with expectations, and then other kids are really going through a lot of things at home, and you know it, it's. Where do they have that platform to express themselves? So I, I love that we do this. Uh, we always look forward to it. Um, and, you know, then, then doing something with it as well. Uh, and, and a lot of times, I think in education, we fall short with being able to have the time to really focus on, you know, what is it that you're going through, but then following up and, and staying consistent. And that's where you say, you know, from five years ago, six years ago, you still kind of talk to some of these kids and, I do the same, and, and it's just developing that lifelong communication skill to be able to express what you're going through. Yeah, one of the things that I, I've come to appreciate that the, the kids, I think it brings their a bit of calm to their life is when, the, you know, like you said, the prep work you do and having them research who I am and look at me on social media or read my website or read articles I've done, and they see this guy who, you know, covers some of the greatest athletes in the world – and yet he's experiencing the exact same mental health issues at times that they are. It's just a totally different, you know, storyline. But we all have a common place. How, um, for you personally, you know, you're married, you have a, a young daughter, right? And, she, and, and, and you have your own lives and, and you go through it. How have you been able to sort of relate things to in, in the sports leadership class and then dealing with the kids and teenagers um, and, and seeing that they can see you as a very real person and be able to, because you're a very relatable teacher for them. Right. No, I, I appreciate that. And I think that that's something that I love about education is that the kids respect transparency, right? So if we expect them to do something, they, they need to see that we're willing to do it, you know, and, and obviously within 
being being professional and and making sure that you're not crossing any lines, obviously. But um, when when I show the kids that you know I'm going through different things, and and from a coach's mindset, this is what we're going through in season because there's so many coaches out there that are dealing with so many different things. And as you said, you know, being married, having a family, all that, you have your responsibility to be a great coach to these kids, but you also have to keep a happy home at, you know, at home. So it's constantly those pressures, but showing that transparency develops that safe environment that the kids can also um, feel comfortable with just, just expressing what they're going through. So, you know, I, I think it's huge. I, I love that we do it in class. Um, I also was fortunate enough to bring over to Liberty. Uh, I'm, I'm the advisor for Hope Squad, which is a uh, suicide uh, teen suicide prevention organization, um, and we do that as well. So I'm very big on on the mental health side of things, and and kids, if they have the support and the platform, right? Suicide is definitely the most preventable death that there is. So the more awareness we can bring, the better. Speaking of Billy Hamburger, head coach, Liberty High School girls basketball. Um, the Las Vegas Aces are the world champions. The UNLV Lady Rebels are the defending Mountain West Conference championships uh, champions. How has the success of those programs, have you seen the enthusiasm? Because you've been in this, obviously, in the district for many years. The enthusiasm grow with girls basketball in this town thanks to those programs. Yeah, it's been it's been huge. Um, it gives them really positive role models to look up to, and you know, from the high school setting to be able to look up to those athletes and, and see what they're doing. Um, I think, you know, the coaching staff as well, right? I mean, to, to bring in Becky Hammond, see what she does, and and Lindy LaRock has been just incredible um, in in the way that she has handled, obviously the the Rebels, but the way that she's been in the community too. Um, I've been in the girls' basketball game for about. 12 years now and they are more present than any any coaches that that i've kind of um experienced within mm-hmm. unlb uh, as well as um you got to give cfn some love too because their program is kind of booming and they're they're doing a really good job they're turning that around so it's really providing a platform for our girls to kind of see where they could go you mentioned role models you have a great one that you can obviously relay and say, hey, I watched her from day one. Essence Booker, got to be proud of what she's done. She, she is just a phenomenal person. Um, her talent speaks for itself. It always has. But one thing that, I mean, all the way going back to ninth grade year, just that work ethic, um, there is very few that I can compare to her. It was an absolute privilege to get to spend four years watching her grow up and, and just having a small – piece of that puzzle to what you see now and uh you know it takes a village right and and i'm super proud of her uh this sunday it's gonna be awesome when they play at home they actually play against cal bakersfield and another one of my former players is on cal bakersfield so um, they get to play against each other and and from a coaching standpoint I'm, i'm finally at the point where i get to see those former players come back and and i'll have a lot of them that are playing college basketball so yeah it's and and that's 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 a cool thing too. And I can appreciate a lot of your former students, especially my girl La La. She still sends me DMs that says hashtag barbecue chicken. <laughs> Billy, I appreciate I appreciate you jumping on here. I know that you're busy with with uh, with your tryouts, and now you got to make your final cuts. I will see you tomorrow, sir. I'm looking forward to it. I got a few more essays to finish up, and I'll be out at Liberty. Thanks for joining us on Cofield and Company ESPN Las Vegas. Billy Hamburger, coach at Liberty High School.
Thank you. Thanks for having me. So in like 45 seconds, yeah. again, describe what you're doing tomorrow. So gonna, what's, what's the exercise? I will take in the essays that these kids wrote for me. I will. What read, do they write about? They write about the baggage that they're carrying around. They're anonymous essays about what they're dealing with. And, Steve, That's in the cool. last three years, I've read about rape. I've read about uh, fathers in prison. I've read about suicidal thoughts. I've read, I've, I've read about kids who can't come out. They're gay, but they can't talk about it. Their fear of being thrown out of the house. Child abuse. Uh, there, there are so many different topics that I have read about, and there are certain ones we can't make public, but there are certain ones that I will read to the opposite classes, and these kids have been in tears at times because they realize what their classmates are going through. And a lot of times you just have to kind of pound it through to the folks who you know think they're doing well, who are bullying, and put it in front of them like, hey, you know, these people you're going after, these other kids you're going after, this is what they're going through. And you know what? You've heard me say many times, it's so important, men's mental health. After this class, it's been, it's been three years running. Tomorrow, I don't expect anything different. By the end of this week, I will. I can always tell the kids, if you don't have anyone to talk to, reach out to me. I will get more boys than girls that will reach out because they feel a connection and they feel that they can talk. Well, let's continue talking about what the Raiders have going on here with the locker room because something's happening. You know, Derek Carr, super emotional yesterday, said that some guys are putting in the time Others aren't. There's some whispers out there about maybe who isn't. We'll get to that. It's Nevada Sports Talk Hour with Cofield and Company on ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas. The way the Eagles are playing on both sides of the football is exciting to me. They're physical up front on offense. They're physical up front on defense. And that's where I believe the games are won, especially late in the year and in the playoffs. Physicality, running the football, stopping the run, rushing the pass or protecting your quarterback. And that's what the Eagles can do. And they have big play ability with A.J. Brown and obviously Jalen Hurts. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Little Eagles analysis there from Gruden on ESPN National. Jay Gruden. Boy, he does sound like John a lot. Jay Gruden on ESPN National. We're getting ready for Eagles and D.C. tonight. Twin Peaks is the site. Big beers under 4 bucks. Select appetizers, 2 4 and $6. Willie Ramirez is here. It's Cofield. Mateo is helping us out. Yeah. Daisy's here. Daisy's here. Uh, Haley was helping us earlier. Maddie's behind the bar. Yes. Your shout-outs. You're getting your shout-outs ready. Willie hosts a party. Yep. By the way, tonight. Carissa just walked in. Great prizes, including, really for all types and ages, John Fogarty tickets mm-hmm. at Win and Pink. Allegiant. Wow. Okay. Let's do it. Pink is in town. So we're going to have tickets for both of those concerts as Willie kicks off the party. You have to come down. At 5 o'clock. you got to be here, and he gives them out just before at or at the beginning of the second half, depending on how quickly the first half goes. All right, so there's a serious deal to Derek Carr, and he's getting blistered. You know, you're going to have sports talk people across the country talking heads on TV, annihilating him for coming in all weepy-eyed, sniffling, emotional. There's something going on here. Devontae Adams said, hey, the buy-in's not there for everybody. Uh, Carr mentioned, hey, you know, a lot of us are trying to get ourselves ready for these games, and, you know, we're going through a lot to get ready, and others aren't doing the same thing. Now, I will say, when you lose, these are the things that happen, right? There becomes uh, this element that could emerge with some figure pointing. I don't like it, right? I don't like it, but if this is what 
these guys think is affecting the team negatively, who are they going after? Because it's funny, the local paper headline on car yesterday, emotional car calls out teammates after loss to Colts. Hour one, you were like, he didn't necessarily mean teammates. Yeah, I don't. Did he mean teammates? We don't know. Or a teammate? So who, who, could, who could these guys be getting after who's not bought in? Well, according to a the latest piece put out at 216 on the Review Journal, sources, Raiders' frustration grows over Waller's absence. The lead, Derek Carr, didn't identify anyone in particular when he suggested Sunday that Raiders needed more players who are more deeply committed to the team's success. To be sure, when a team has a 2-7 and seven record, these, there figures to be plenty of reasons for finger-pointing and blame. That said, sources have indicated frustration is growing among the club regarding star tight end Darren Waller, who has been sidelined for all but eight plays over the past five games with a hamstring injury. The sense is Waller is not demonstrating the necessary fight to get back on the field. Do you think this is among the club or from the quarterback? Where this is coming from? Yeah. Um, considering the, the author, I would say it could be from upper upstairs or one or two players. Oh, really? Yes. One or two in spe- specific or... High upstairs. You don't think it's Camp Car? Which I don't have a problem if it is. That's the camp that I would guess if, if it's okay. a player, yes. Right. I And I can say that, and I haven't read, because, you know, we're on the air and I saw this, and so I haven't scrolled through the entire, the only thing that I see here, it says the Raiders player, including Waller, were not available to the media on Monday. And I don't know who has, who in terms of contact, I have personally reached out to Darren Waller for comment on this, and I'm waiting to hear back. So, if I hear back, I'll def- and, and, he, and he wants to comment or he wants his voice to be heard, then I'll definitely do something for AP while I'm giving prizes away at Twin Peaks. Yes, Willie Ramirez working hard, giving prizes, pleasing you, the public, doing the radio show. He's awesome. John Von Tobel's awesome. He's coming up. Give us a pick on the Monday Night Football game. We'll look back. We'll look ahead at the numbers around the NFL. It's Cofield and Company with the Battleborn Sports Hour presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Call them, 766-1400. <laughs> and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with John Von Tobel. Where, oh, where is JVT? Where, oh, where is JVT? You just make that up? I just hummed it. I thought you were going to do Carmen Sandiego. Uh, John, where are you? Uh, I always forget if it's north or south, but I'm, I'm north and or south of Fresno, California right now. There you go. My, uh, my wife's hometown of Merced. Glamorous road trips, uh, Hoboken and Merced. Uh, and don't forget Hawaii this weekend, San Juan Capistrano after that. I am, uh, I'm punching tickets. Okay, let's get to the Raiders and betting the Raiders. The Broncos are three this week. It was two and a half. I mean, this, this has been a clown show. And in the end, the books want to balance the action. But is it, is it going to run out here with the Raiders in terms of getting respect with these numbers? Well, here's the thing. Like, I wouldn't say it's the books, right? It's the betting markets. The betting markets are the ones that are betting these numbers up, right? They're sharpening these numbers. So the books set these numbers, but they're getting bet into. And for the first time we saw, like during the week, right, with Indianapolis, that number peaked at six and got yeah. down to four, and they didn't even come close to covering it. 
Uh, and then you're looking around, too, right? Like Jacksonville, that number, they open up as a slight road favorite. They get bet up to two and a half on the road there. The New Orleans number where they're opening up one and staying there. Like, not only are these books opening these numbers, there's no money coming in against them. So, uh, look, I, I think at this point right now, maybe we're going to see it. We did see this number open three, and it got to two and a half. I, I don't think that's respect for the Raiders. I think that's the Jerry Judy injury potentially affecting the number. But I'll say this, like at this point right now, until you see a market like a really sizable adjustment here, why would you not continue to go against this Raiders team? Their defense is not good. Their offense is wildly inconsistent. Now they get to take on one of the better defenses in the NFL. And even go back to the first game against Denver, they gave up nearly, I think, actually just over six yards per play against the Broncos in their 32-23 win. I just, I don't see what the market sees with this team. I have not gotten it at all. Uh, and yet here, and here we are. They're three and six against the spread for a reason. It's one of those, I, I think it's just one of those weird situations where the betters know. It's, it's almost like John Murray was explaining yesterday on the Sunday Football Preview Show. It's like one of those weird situations. The week that you jump off and go up, you know, this team that had so much promise, that's the week it's going to win. So now it's the same thing this week. All of a sudden, oh, now you're going to jump on Denver. Bad move. This is the week the Raiders show up. I think that they're hesitant. Yeah, but here's the thing, Willie. Uh, like the week you're going to jump off, like you're already three and six in the hole, right? Like, no, I, I like, get like it. That's, that's part I get of the problem. It, and and you know what's weird too is like so usually like all see teams like betting markets and betters like sharp betters can be kind of stubborn, right? Like if there's there's a background of like a statistical like profile that you can see the positivity, you'll see sharp betters continue to do it. You know, I sent you Texas for example. We can talk about that maybe in a little bit. So like sharp betters are the guys who shape these markets tend to be pretty stubborn in their assessment of these teams. But like, you don't even see it in some of the numbers. You know what I mean? Like in terms of EPA per play, it's one of the worst defenses in the National Football League. In terms of their offense, they are in the bottom half of the league right now in terms of EPA per play. I think they're like 14th, 15th. Like there's no real statistical profile that tells you, hey man, this team's just got some negative variance right now. It's coming. Like they're below average in almost every category. I just don't understand what the market has seen in this team up to this point. John Von Tobel, Vsin is up with Cofield and Company. He joins us every Monday. So let's look back a little bit. Um, boy, I'm such a sucker for, like, any kind of positive talk. I get juiced up and bet a team. So I'm listening to uh, Heard on Friday, and he's got Mark Sanchez on. And he's, Sanchez is a really good guy. It's really funny. They kind of did a chalkboard thing. And Sanchez was just going crazy about how close Justin Fields is. Like, if he just gets these last couple elements of being a quarterback, he's going to be unreal. And I'm like, Bears! I'm going with the Bears. And then I look up, and I'm like, all right, 24-10. I'm in good shape here. And then the Bears defense wears yep. its ugly head. That, and that's the danger of betting the Bears because these games are wild. They're, they're wild, Steve, but here's the thing. And so, like, I was, I was kind of along your line of thinking this last weekend uh, in that, like, they have made a, a tangible change, the Bears have, with their offense. If you look at some of the numbers for Justin Fields, in the first, like, I think it was six weeks of the season, he had a total of, like, 20 designed rushing yards, meaning, of course, like, plays designed for the quarterback to run. Over the last three weeks, we're talking about designed rushing yard totals of 50 or four weeks, 55, 22, 54, 132. Like, they've really changed the way that they are going after their, these opposing defenses. They are using fields as a runner. They're drawing up plays for them, uh, and it has changed things. However, and you kind of saw this, their defense looks like a defense that chipped off its best, two best defensive players. And so what has this resulted in? It's resulted in the last four games going over the total for Chicago, and I think that's the way you want to approach Chicago from now on. You know, they take on Atlanta this weekend. Atlanta, bottom team in terms of EPA per play defensively again. So you could probably get more success offensively. But instead of betting on the Bears, I think it's more like 
betting their team totals over. Like, that's how I approached it. Instead of playing it with Chicago, I bet it on them to have success, but not so much to win and cover the game. So I bet them over their team total, 26 and a half. Like, things like that, games going over the total. I think that's how you want to approach Chicago against some of these lesser defensive teams, because you said it. That bad defense leads to volatility, but they're still getting theirs, and I think that's the way you want to approach it now. Are you just as uh, confused as to why San Francisco's all of a sudden being rated as a Super Bowl caliber team? Well, here's the thing, Willie. Like, it's not even like all of a sudden, right? Think about coming into the season. Like, I so I have a win total on them under ten. Like, they came into this year with Trey Lance as the assumed starter, and the betting market is like, yeah, no Super Bowl contender. And I think I had a I had a guest, Ben Brown, who works for uh, Pro Football Focus. He, yeah. He's really solid, and he put it really well. The 49ers are consistently, if you're betting on them, you're paying a Shanahan tax. And I know Steve loves to hear that because he loves you know little Shanty, as he calls him. But the betting market <laughs> has such a weird respect. And I actually call it weird because he's a good coach. But it's such a massive respect for Kyle Shanahan that these numbers are higher than I think they should be. I mean, this last on Sunday night, right, I teased them down, down to one and a half. They got there. But they shouldn't have been laying seven and a half. And that was a pretty ridiculous number that they didn't come close to covering against the Los Angeles Chargers. You see them on the road here against Arizona. They're laying seven and a half at the open this next coming week against uh, against Arizona. I think it's on Monday night. And keep in mind, you know that's a that's a neutral state game. I believe that's in Mexico City, if I remember correctly. Like when you're looking at the rating on this 49ers team, it is really really high. But they haven't really given you those returns. I mean, even look at guys. If I told you there was a team that was only five and four with wins over the Los Angeles Rams twice, the Carolina Panthers, the Chargers, the Seahawks. You would not think that team is very respectable, and yet that's the San Francisco 49ers. I just don't really get it. I've never seen anything like the Vikings. I'm sure it's happened, but I'm old and I forget things. The Vikes just went on the road, moved to 8-1, and one, one at Buffalo. Sure, Josh Allen's probably 80%. And I bet, I, you know, like 40 minutes into, into today's show, I'm like, are they the worst 8-1 team we've ever seen? Like, there's no respect for the Vikings. None. No, there isn't. But And, like, and we're seeing it, too, by the way. Uh, for this weekend, the Cowboys opened up as two and a half road point road favorites uh, against Minnesota coming off of that win. Now, here's the thing home field again, not really worth that much, but still, Dallas has shown its really big issues. Dak Prescott, in terms of the turnovers against Green Bay, didn't really look great. And I took a little piece of Minnesota on the money line at a plus price. I would say grab that now. I, I think that is going to be the case here. I think Minnesota should go off as about a one and a half point favorite here at home. They deserve to be favored at home, even if it's by a little bit. Dallas is a team that is respected by the market, but we saw, I mean, they're a little overvalued themselves, right? And part of last week or this last weekend was Green Bay's own issues, but as high as five for Dallas on the road in that game, they end up dropping overtime. This is another team that seems to be a little overvalued by the market. And here's Minnesota, as you mentioned, I mean, coming off of a really big win, they've covered three out of four games. Depending on the number you got against Washington, they covered or pushed. They've been playing really good football, as we know. They're only lost to Philly. Uh, I just, I'm really surprised at this opener. I thought this was Minnesota minus one and a half or two, not the other way around. Being a young quarterback is uh, is death for your team against Belichick. It's not good. And the Jets got whooped just a couple yeah. of weeks ago. His number's three. Pat's three at home against the Jets. Yeah, I think that's the only angle you're banking on, right? Like, that's probably what you're going for is Belichick against the young quarterback. And, and against just, I would say, the lesser the lesser teams. Uh, but here's the thing with New England, and they deserve a lot of credit for this. Uh, defensively, Steve, I thought they were going to be a lot worse this year. That has not been the case. Like, defensively, they have shown out in a really big way. Uh, they are, right now, uh, the league leader in defensive EPA. They are the best defense by a couple of metrics in the National Football League. They deserve a ton of credit for what they've been able to do uh, with their unit right now. And I think when you're talking about some of these coaching mismatches, I mean, look at the way the schedule's broken down recently. Indianapolis, that's Sam Ellinger, 26-3, to beat the crap out of them. 
Zach Wilson, the New York Jets, they get that one done. We talked about the change for Chicago. They've been playing good football offensively. They lost that. But Cleveland, Jacoby Brissett, Detroit, um, Jared Goff, these have been some really good wins and covers for the New England Patriots lately, and it has shown in the coaching mismatch. So I think we've, like we've seen now recently, it's kind of a strong angle for New England. They're really good defensively. I don't think I'd turn away from it here against New York. I don't love the quarterback play, but defensively, I think they have enough to kind of hold their water here. JVT, you know, uh, let's go to college football. The uh, You know who the Sharps like this past weekend? They loved Fresno State, and then 13 seconds left, UNLV came right in the back door. They also love Texas. Why? I, I don't know, like, and it's been every week really this. Like, that's the really weird thing with it. If you go back, like, these last couple of weeks that are run through Texas' schedule, uh, so they close as seven-point favorite, seven-and-a-half in some spots against TCU. It opened up six-and-a-half. They got bet there. Uh, the market got it right, betting them uh, against Kansas State on the road. That opened up, I think, one and a half to two, got up to three. Uh, but then the Oklahoma State game, they got that all the way up to six and a half, lost outright. The Iowa State game got that up to 16, 16 and a half, and they needed a last-second score to cover that game, or excuse me, to win that game, not even cover. And you know what's interesting, guys? I, and this is my theory on this. And if you talk to a couple of sharp betters, they'll kind of echo this. Go back to that road or that home game against Alabama, right, where Quinn Ewers was in and they barely lost by a point. He got knocked out. A lot of people increased the power rating on Texas from that game. Here's the thing. Alabama's not that good, right? Like, a lot of people really skyrocketed their rating on Texas because they fought Bama tight. We see now that Bama's not as good this year as we expected them to be, and I think that kind of stems now to this Texas overrating. So they failed to cover three out of four. The market's moving with them every single week, and it's moving with them again here this week, and I just don't really get it. What are we doing with the Eagles and D.C. tonight? I'm not sure. Like I tend to think maybe Steve, like to, to uh, especially with a big total or excuse me with a big side like this, I would lean very much uh, toward taking it. I know that uh, DC when you're looking at Washington and their quarterback play, it has not been great. They've played with murder when it comes to these turnover worthy plays. Uh, and Philly, I mean, they've been playing some pretty good football, but I also think that they're kind of at that point of the season where they're just picking apart a relatively poor schedule. The coverage haven't been coming as frequently. They're two and two in their last four games. They failed to cover against Houston. I leaned a little bit towards Washington, but I leaned a little bit more strongly toward the Indianapolis side next week against Philadelphia. I'm glad you brought that up. Colts 8 against Philly. Uh, I believe in Jeff Saturday. I've seen enough. Uh, so I'm going to go with Indy. And the other thing is, uh, I just I happen to be looking at William Hill. I didn't check all the books. Where is my Jeff Saturday Coach of the Year odds? Okay, stop. That's not, that's, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> if he leaves him to the playoffs, he's, he's the favorite. Uh, wait, what? He should be the if they if they close out here. What are they uh, What are they sitting at now? Four, five, and one, something like that. Yeah. Right. All right. Give me one loss the rest of the way. I want all yeah. the Paris Campbell props I can get. Six and one. Yeah, six six and happen. one. Six and one close. Coach of the year. Uh, I, I think he would have the benefit of playing a very very bad team and actually maybe one of the worst teams in the NFL uh, oh. in the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, but no, I will say this: defensively up front, they're a really sound team. I think they play the run really well. I, I think they're going to be a good matchup against Philly. Do you want to yell Gus Bradley over his answer again? No. He loves Gus Bradley. He said defense. I was giving him a little bout, but I'm just a little distracted here. They're showing highlights of Jeff Saturday's rah-rah uh, speech after the we game. We love the man. We love the man. And Ursay told us today, up yours, basically. He he tagged a tweet with just win, baby, today. Oh, boy. Ursay. Well, you know, kick, uh, kick the Raiders when they're down. Everyone's doing it. You know they say money talks, BS walks. The Raiders' next head coach, Jeff Saturday. John, on that note, I think he hung up the phone. I think he's gone. That's it. See you guys. Congrats, John. Congrats, Undercolts. There he is. John Von Tobel, 
Superstar for VSIN. Those podcasts over at the Superbook. Big part of Cofield and company. Thanks to Twin Peaks for hosting the show. Willie's going to stay around. He's got a ton of prizes, including concert tickets to go see Pink or John Fogarty. John Fogarty. How about that? Those cool. are good prizes, plus uh, lots of game tickets as well. We are out of here. Thanks to Ari for his help on the show and Mateo as well. Monday Night Football is on the way, so come down and hang out at Twin Peaks. Reno, you've been listening to the Battleborn Sports Hour at ESPN Reno for all three hours. The archives are up at lvsportsnetwork.com. Same for you, ESPN Las Vegas.